Do you ever wonder why some podcasts are so successful? Do you wish that you could replicate the success of some of the top podcasts? So do we. And we believe there is no harm in asking. So we're questioning everything about how podcasts are produced, hosted, and monetized. This is No Harm in Asking. I'm Eric Byron. And I'm Michael Kerr, always excited to share my thoughts. We review podcasts and look for clues to why some rise to the top of the charts. And find a huge following. This week, we'll be reviewing Crime Junkie. This podcast is sponsored by Colab.me, the free-to-use platform for interview planning, preparation, and collaboration. All right, Michael, another top of the charts. I hear. And Crime Junkie. A new genre we haven't done before. That's right. We haven't done any of the crime ones yet. So we started with the with the top of the heat, right? Sure. This is the primo one with huge following and done very well. I, I like yeah, it. Yeah, I listened to a lot of them. I, I agree. And as I listened, I said, I think I'm going to enjoy talking about this one this week because I think there's a lot to talk about. There is. It's quite interesting. Uh, one of the things that touched me on this was it's such an example of somebody who is kind of outside the industry, not really a journalist, who just decides to do a podcast about something she's passionate about, really interested in, and it just kind of takes off. Hi, Crime Junkies. I'm your host, Ashley Flowers. And I'm Britt. She did have a background, her bachelor's degree is in biomedical research, so she was interested in this. And then after college, she got a job at Notre Dame, just in like a lab. And okay. my guess is with just an undergraduate degree, it probably wasn't that exciting. So you you thinking she was kind of CSI-like? Yeah, I think that was sort of maybe the dream. And then that wasn't going anywhere. She decided to go into software sales. And then she said, hey, she woke up one day and said, hey, yeah, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I'm going to do. And I said, good for her because I think she's done a good job. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting that credit was given to the crime series Serial yes. as inspiration for her, that she started listening to that and was kind of so obsessed with that show that she wanted to do something more in crime herself, mm-hmm. right? And she got involved with Crime Stoppers in Indianapolis. Right. Well, she just went out to the local what chapter, I guess, and you can kind of volunteer. Yeah. Yeah. And then she did a little thing on a radio show there in Indianapolis, a local radio, uh, and it was called Murder Monday, Mm -hmm. a twenty-minute thing, kind of an experiment. And I guess you know she sounded good. She got good feedback on it, and this inspired her to say, "Oh, I could do this." And she in 2017 started her podcast. So we're talking, by the way, Ashley Flowers, right, is this host we're talking about. And her co-host is Britt Prowett. So we'll talk more about that relationship. And Hey, I want to cut in and play a short clip from the episode, Mysterious Death of Ellen Greenberg. This clip shows Ashley giving credit to a reporter, and we hear Britt chiming in with what is somewhat typical of her contributions. 
And based on the scene, it appears that at the time, right before Ellen died, she had been making a fruit salad. Because according to reporting by Stephanie Farr for the Philadelphia Inquirer, there's a strainer on the counter filled with like blueberries and an orange, which seemed to be freshly sliced. So she could have been handling the knives as well. Right. Yeah, well, I think she's got a lovely voice. And it's, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that most of it is written out. So it's not like she's ad-libbing this thing. So basically, I think she's got the whole thing written out, but she reads it quite beautifully. Um, she does. And it, the way she reads it is very anticipatory, right? Like you, you do feel like, oh, it's, you know, there's something exciting coming up, but there's nothing special about it. From a production point of view, the only elements that I, thought were sort of intriguing was there was times where she would leave these really long pauses. Well, okay. And then it kicks into sort of the next, it's not the next part. She's intentionally done this to sort of piece things together. Other than that, it's it's simply her. Now we can talk a bit about um, uh, about her co-host. Right. But well, before the, we get there. The most recent ones are mostly a lot of, of just her reading the story and it's intriguing. Yeah. The most recent three were all just Ashley. Right. Britt was not even on those episodes at all. Yeah, we'll talk more about that. Hey, I just want to acknowledge that we have become aware that Britt Prowett has had a health concern that is preventing her from being on the show currently. I just want to acknowledge that and our best wishes for, for Britt and a speedy recovery. Ashley is a good storyteller, right? She takes these stories, as you said, she sounds great. She's scripted it out so she's she's done some research she's put her notes together and then she leads you on this journey to understand this crime and uh and the evidence and who are the suspects and uh, you know what do we know about what transpired and you know she may go through it kind of chronologically it's a well-told story i i guess so i mean i i would I, I would say well so over the last couple of podcasts that we've done, we've talked about how we think stories should be told, right? Okay. So this involves a, a lot of audio, which often she has, right? Okay. And then we like to see, the, I, I'd like to see a lot more descriptions of the individuals. She doesn't really go deep into what people look like or how people are. It's really, to me, she's don't get me wrong. Chronologically, I understand. I think it's good. If you say, is she a great storyteller? Is she like Brian Reed or even the host from Serial? I don't think she's at that level. This is a different kind of storytelling. This is about... Except her podcast is more popular than any of those examples. Oh, I'm not, I'm not denying that. But as far as if you ask me what I think is a great storyteller, okay. right, I don't think she's doing the things that the best storytellers do. However, she clearly is is able to sort of engage with the particular audience that she's trying to yeah. appeal to. And she's quite pleasant and it's easy to listen to. But I'm, I think she's, uh, honestly, I think it's brilliant in her understanding that she doesn't want to be 90 minutes, two hours long, right? She's trying to get this done in 30 minutes. And true. I think- she does a really, really good job of mapping out what can I present you in 30 minutes to get you enough information for you, right? And I think this is part of the um, the desire, right? The appeal of this thing is that she's going to give you just enough information for you to have an opinion on this now, 
right? Whether that's the right opinion or not, right? But you're going to feel something. Either you're going to really think, oh, this guy did it. He's the one. This is the the criminal, even if the case is unsolved. She's going to lead you towards Well, I don't think that's true at all. Okay. (laughs) I don't think she lead. I I found that she wasn't leading me towards any. I mean, I listened to at least five of these. Okay. I didn't particular, I didn't feel like she was leading me to any of the, of the leading perpetrators. I listened to one that was a teenage girl that was, um, that was killed in California. She raised three potential suspects in that case. Okay. I, I felt that at no time did she point a finger at, at any of them. The one that we were going to do specifically in this case, which is the Philadelphia murder of Ellen Greenberg. Right. And the episode is called Mysterious Death of Ellen Greenberg. That episode is from uh, November 2021. When a young teacher with everything going for her is found dead in the apartment she shares with her fiancé, police are quick to call it a suicide. But to this day, her family calls it murder. And their quest for justice has raised serious questions about the integrity of the investigation. This is the story of Ellen Greenberg. So and we picked it because Britt was on that one. Right. Right. But but in this case, there was only one suspect at all, right? The fiance. He was the you know, there was nobody else even even brought up. And at no point did well, she at there no, were no point, suspects. Well, it no was considered a suicide. Well, that's right. I mean, she could have brought up statistics that say how many women stab themselves to death in their apartment as a mode of suicide. Ashley's got a lot of information. She does use it. In the Jenny Lynn's case, for example, there was a piece of technology that was using um, the change in your voice. And she went offline a bit and explained the the success rate of that particular technology as opposed to the lie detector, which uses the heart rate and sweat and other things. And she was... She gave the percentages of, you know, how often those things worked. So I liked a lot. I liked that kind of stuff because I think as she does this, she gains more and more information that she can go with this offline thing and teach us more about uh, criminology and uh, detective work and policing. I didn't feel at any point did she point fingers at any of the of the suspects or lead me down a route that I'm supposed to go. Yeah. So it is one of the things she has been accused of. Okay. Right. And so there was an article in the Indianapolis Monthly that primarily was accusing her of plagiarism. This is back in 2019 and saying that she was basically taking the information other journalists had done, the work of of other journalists, and presenting it on her podcast without giving anyone any credit. But they also commented that there was this ethical concern, and there was one particular case they cited where her podcast seemed to hint towards or lean towards a father having, the, having the, committed the yeah. crime, and there was actually somebody else who was convicted of it. But her podcast stayed out there, huh. still kind of leaning towards this man, and they and they thought that it was unethical for her to leave that out there. So, so anyway, so there there's been some controversy around this podcast as well. I do want to say in her defense that um, after that controversy surfaced, and and somebody basically another journalist came out and, and tried to sue her, I think for plagiarism using her um, research and and the article that she had written as the basis for the podcast. And she did learn from it, right? She now 
goes to considerable lengths to credit those who have done research and investigated a crime and reported on it and that she is just simply bringing their reporting to more light, to more views so that uh, hopefully, and I think this is in her mind, right, is that she's providing a service. These are unsolved crimes. And so by getting that information out to the public, even if it's not information that she personally gathered or found or researched uh, other than reading other people's printed materials or interviews that had been done, but she's getting it out there, right? More visibility, more people hearing the case. Maybe somebody comes forward because they heard it on her show yep. and the crime gets so, solved. So I I mean, I agree. I think Ashley is continuously learning. I, I think she's a smart woman and she is obviously learning from the mistakes that she's made and she's getting better. So, yep. um, and I think you can see this as it, as it progresses. But I, I think the, you know, the ethics thing is worth discussing because when yeah. you when you do look through all of the the murders that they investigate and when you look at the the, the audience that that listens to this it's pretty obvious that they're cho- they're choosing crimes that involve young women specifically and as i listen to it i'm you know it it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth that i understand her audience but it seemed at times exploitive and you can say, yes, I'm just getting that out there. Yeah, that's fine that I'm providing a public service that if we can solve this crime because I have millions of listeners. But at the end of the day, somebody lost a sister or a daughter or a mother. Here you are making, making a podcast. And I'm not saying that everybody takes information and content from somewhere else to put the stories together. Yeah. But when it comes to crime, it's, it's unlike any other podcast. It's it, the fact is that the only reason you're doing it is because somebody died, and and there are people that are out there hurting. And if you're going and you're gonna you're gonna turn this into a podcast and make good money doing it, right? She's recently signed a one hundred million dollar sales contract with Sirius FM, and says to me, "Well, you're gonna have to really start giving back." And and to her credit. I think she is. So she's obviously right. started she's doing some-, some stuff there. And, and I, I get what you're saying. I, and I agree. It does seem a bit exploitive that she's telling these heart-wrenching stories and she's making a lot of money doing it. Right. But it's not just her, right? This is the whole genre. Sure. Fine. People want to hear these stories. And so she's She's serving a need, I guess you could say. I, I guess so, but you've, you've got to figure out yeah. with great privilege comes yeah. responsibility. And so you, you then have to take a step back and say, oh, now that I'm starting to get this level of fame, if you will, what are you going to yeah. do with it? And she did set up a charity, right? So her company is called Audio Chuck. Mm-hmm. Chuck is her dog. And she set up a an organization for missing children that you can go and you can donate. Now, what I don't know, right? So she set it up so people could call or or click on the link and go and donate to help find missing children. But how much are they financially supporting that as well through the, the profits from the show? Yeah. I don't know and how much that's disclosed, but... I mean, don't get me wrong. This criticism of, of of focusing on young women has been thrown at news organizations. You know, we see on the news every night that 
These are the stories that get top billing. There's one today, right? This woman in Memphis who was killed while she was jogging out in the early morning. That's national news on NBC, whereas young men in the south side of Chicago dying uh, are not. That's, That's not who Ashley Flowers is focusing on, on Crime Junkie. I just feel that she puts these token crimes in amongst the mix. Again, is this just because she's really in tune with her audience and she's listened and heard that these so are the ab- most popular So absolutely. Ones? So her audience is young women who are either trying to protect themselves or protect their their families, their children, right? I, I feel like that's part of the appeal that you you listen to this because – not because you have some sort of morbid curiosity, although you might, but I think in many ways they're looking, they look at their own lives and they say, huh, could this happen to me? And in fact, Ashley does allude to this at the end, right? She, yeah, she talks you know, about this it. Is, yep. This is what- Protect yourself. You know, protect yourself. Right? If you or someone you know is a victim of domestic violence, help is available. The number for the National Domestic Violence Hotline is right in our show notes along with a number that can provide help for anyone dealing with suicidal thoughts. There are people out there who are going to do evil things, and you need to be You need to be aware. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I get that. Kind of a public service message thing that she includes within the context of this. But the bottom line is, this is an example of somebody who took something she was really interested in. She liked these crime stories. She found them fascinating. She wanted to to dig in and understand these stories and why weren't they solved? And and her own curiosity, right, became a podcast. Yeah. And she happened to, you know, all things came together, right? She had a great voice for it. She had the creative ability to tell it in a way that was engaging. She was clearly smart about how she structured the show and and kept the duration short, understood her audience. I think she listened to her audience. And and then as a businesswoman, she also did a great job of monetizing, getting advertisers. Now, a note of, of interest there, right? So a difference between your experience and my experience again. So you listened to it on her website. I did, yeah. I listened on Apple Podcast, and one of the ones I listed out the the number of ads we got. So it started with an ad for Audio Chuck, right, which is her company, uh, and then it had Xfinity Media. So that's the beginning of the the thing. At the 10-minute mark, there were more ads. At 19 minutes, there there were more ads. At 31 minutes in, there were more ads, right? And then another ad at the very end. Maybe those are the long pauses that I get. Uh, This was a 43-minute episode, five sets of ads in 43 minutes, and they were all affiliate links. So she is taking advantage of this. We first saw this done really, really well with Entrepreneurs on Fire and JLD does these affiliate networks. And so when we talk about that, we're just saying basically um, she reads the ad but then she gives you a, a link and it goes in the show notes that basically says you can go to, you know, Sealy Mattress slash Crime Junkie. And, you know, when you do, she gets compensated basically 
through you following that ad yeah. to this. So I site. think these kind of podcasts where you've got, um, so in this case, it's, you know, we can talk a little more about this co-host arrangement. So I think if you yes, can, sure. if you can form a bond with the, with the host, which I think young women can with Ashley Flowers. She yeah. seems very relatable, capable and bright. And, yeah, and she's got a great skin so, club. Yeah. And- so, you know, I think these affiliate things really have the potential to really work for her. Now, she's also got subscriptions that, that allow you to, to pay by the month. And I think she's got the whole package here. She's figured out how to make this as profitable for her as possible. And I think a lot of it stems from the fact that it, it was, I feel like it was originally made, like they wanted to, this to be a conversation between her and Brit. And if we listen to some of the earlier ones, she wanted it to be kind of yeah. this girl talk thing. Right. They were both interested in, in the crime stories and- Right. And Ashley, Ashley would tell the story, right? And Brit would be sort of the, I don't want to say sidekick, but sort of the one that would ask these, you know- right, I'll say questions. it. She's a sidekick. Okay. Sidekick. But she would she would ask the questions like, oh, why is this? Or I don't think of- Or, oh, you know, she'd be a bit of a cheerleader occasionally. It was kind of odd most of the time. Yeah. What's her uh, her line? Uh, full body chill. I have full body chills, you guys. <laughs> right? So apparently she likes to say that when um, Ashley presents some piece of information that's uh, that's chilling. Yeah. But so, it, it is so, weird because it's very much the Ashley Flowers show with this weird contribution by this person that um, I didn't feel was well, they're, adding they're a lot of value. Best friends, right? Born on the same right, born day yet. and known each other all their lives. So- I think it's honorable that Ashley was going to do this thing and she wanted to include her best friend. Right. And so, but, you know, we were talking earlier and you know, we don't know for sure what really the dynamic is there, but clearly Britt is a minor player in this thing. She's still listed as a co-host, but it's 99% Ashley. Right. right. And I'm not sure Britt and you commented on this too, really adds that much value when she does chime in. The other thing she's done, Ashley, is she's broken off and she started another podcast called The Deck. And this is just her. I think she's realized that the star of this is is herself and that this is what we're going to see um, moving forward. So, And Ashley's now got a, a new book out. She just published a book. It's called All Good People Here. So you can't ever know what happens behind closed doors. Dive into the twisty and chilling story inside Ashley's debut novel. So that's from her her website. So Ashley is taking advantage of her success here. I don't blame her at all. She's got all kinds of stuff that she's involved in. You know, not only does she have the audio chuck thing herself, but she's got the deck. There's a another one called Supernatural and very presidential with Ashley Flowers. So she's involved in in four different podcasts and then curated, it says, is is how she describes it. So she's not hosting, but she's helping. There's so a dozen other podcasts or productions that she is helping with now. So she's really made a career for herself here. She's yeah, done good for her. very, very well. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a new baby. I mean, the woman's life is uh, is absolutely full. I mean, the only thing I can add, so at the beginning, she does a bit of a hook. So she does the hook herself. She reads it. Mm-hmm. I feel I would have liked to maybe have seen a clip from perhaps uh, somebody involved in the crime. Uh, I think there were times yeah. when well, that could have been- Every story seems to be unique. Some of them I listen to, I mean, it's basically just Ashley. 
There's no interviews. There's no. That's clips right. She doesn't anything. always have clips. You're, yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the hook could involve a little bit more to kind of grab and pull me in. Right. That is something that clearly has evolved in the show, too, because this was, again, one of the criticisms of the early versions of this is that she didn't interview anybody. She didn't go do any research. She simply regurgitated right. what she could find available online. Some of the later ones, we did see her talking with people, interviewing people. Again, though, I thought it was interesting that when she includes these elements, you never hear her asking questions of them. You only hear their answers. So she goes and records these pieces with these folks, and all you get is their response. Um, you don't hear a dialogue between her and, and anybody else. So that's okay. I actually prefer that. I, I think that works. Yeah, we've seen this. We've, we've seen this. Yeah. We've seen this work. I, I think this is good style choice. I would like to see her do a lot more of the of the go offline thing, where she explains things more in depth. Well, if, the whole thing is her offline explaining, isn't sort it? of. But whether you use music or some transition to to do it, we've seen it done successfully. Where as an expert, yeah. once you've built up, and I think Ashley's gotten to this point where I would consider to be her own expert, I think she can dive deep. I think more could be done. Yeah. So here's that. another thing I thought was interesting. So despite her success, and she pointed out a $100 million contract around advertising, she still records this basically <laughs> at her kitchen table. And I think her husband does the audio editing uh, you know, they, they still do this like a fairly simple production. It's not elaborate. There's no, you know, wonderful, creative, like there's original music yeah. and uh, sound effects and transitions and stuff. It's pretty simple in terms True. of structure and presentation. Now, I think the deck is trying to change that. So if you go to the deck website, there's a video where the guy that composed the music Okay. Um, basically says, this is how I did it. And he plays the piano and you can see the video. It's sort of a two minute thing. Okay. So it's, it, it's more elaborate. She knows exactly what she's trying to do. She, you know, a lot of thought was clearly put into the, again, the production and what this was all about okay. and how she's going to pull it off. It's all her. I think that's where she's, evolving. She's, she's evolving. She's moving yep. to the next level. And you know, that's great to see in the podcasting space. Awesome. Any other final words on, on this one advice for other podcasters? So our audience, what should you take from this one? How do you get something to go viral, if you will, like Crime Junkies? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got deer in the headlights on that one. I <laughs> wish I knew how to go viral. What would I? Oh, I, I mean, I think the answer to that question is to, is to figure out very, very early. You have to figure out who's listening to your podcast and understand who your audience is yeah. and go after that audience. The comment I would make is I think she's really successful and other people who are very successful are also doing something they really care about, right? And honestly, I think that's how we got started in this. We got fascinated with podcasting and all the variety of podcasts that were out there. So we decided to do a podcast about something that we were curious about, right. that we were interested in. The key is there's a lot more people apparently who like crime stories <laughs> than like to talk about podcasts. <laughs> right. So our, our our audience is going to be smaller. But we're going to expand. We're, we'll expand too. I mean, yeah. I think it's an evolution. So it, I, it, it, we will evolve. We are we are going to evolve. We're going to yes. evolve as well. Yes. But that is my advice: is do something you care about. If you talk about something you care about, hopefully you're going to find other people who also care about it. And for Ashley Flowers, she did this spectacularly. 
Now, not rapidly though, right? This was not an overnight success. This was not like S-Town, right? Where 10 million downloads in a matter of days or whatever, and 40 million downloads in the first year. She, in fact, she worked another job for two years while she developed this and figured out how to make money at it and, you know, and, and how to... I guess so. I mean, you can say that about S-Town, but in reality, you've got a guy who was obviously doing these for, for, for a decade. He knew exactly yeah. the formula. He knew how yeah. to tell the story. And he was just waiting around for the perfect story to show up on his desk. You know, I'm sure he threw out a yeah. hundred stories before he got this one. So yeah. that's the difference. So you can do it in different ways, right? right? You can you can iterate, you can start, and you can iterate, or you can wait around, you know, and do something on the yeah. side, make your money, and then until you land the big fish yeah. and hold it up. I'm just saying that Prime Junkie was not an overnight success. Sure. Yeah. She she had to work at this over a period of a couple of years. So like you and I are only about six months into this, <laughs> maybe in two years, we'll be able to quit our jobs and, and just do this full time too. Boy, I sure, I sure hope so. Yeah. All right. All right. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening. This was No Harm in Asking with Eric Byron and Michael Kerr and our review of Crime Junkie with Ashley Flowers and Britt Prowett. Thanks. This podcast is sponsored by Colab.me, the free-to-use platform for interview planning, preparation, and collaboration.